Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 27th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy Oye Jr., and joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. Good Gary. morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I love it. I love Kevin's enthusiasm. Man. I love it. That gets me, that gets me jacked up, Hyped for the, up for the show ahead. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a psych up. We have you on a, on a rare Thursday. This yeah, I couldn't happen. come in. I couldn't come in yesterday, um, uh, but uh, Greg kindly... Rescheduled me for today, so yeah. it's with a, with a yeah, Thursday. Yeah, with a Thursday, people get a treat. Why not? Of course. It's all, it's all good. Why not? What's uh, Kevin doing? He's messing with the cameras. Kevin's over here fixing some things. I okay. feel like we have a lot of bones to pick with Kevin this morning. Yeah, we do. I got, I got some things I need to say to Kevin. We're starting a few minutes late Yeah. this morning because Kevin and the printer had some we had some print. We had some printer troubles, but to Kevin's credit, he came through. He did fix it. He did fix it. That's right. In, a, in the clutch. Yep. In the clutch. Printer up and running again. Turns this out it's not registering how much ink... Is in it anymore? Oh, so we just like it's have broken. To feel it out, yeah. So we got we just got to estimate. Yeah, when yeah, we start yeah. Getting I gotta go like, grab the little things, shake them, be like, nah, this guy's empty. Man, this Thursday morning feels like it should be Friday evening. <laughs> like I feel like this has been the longest week ever. I feel like it's been a long week. Yeah, and, you know, I've I feel had, like in the you know, it's funny. I've had other people say that to me as well, and I wonder if it's because last week was a short week. Nah, Maybe. Nah. Like, I, I, there's was something last, about this week that feels like it just keeps going. Was last week a short week? Yeah, because it was um, no, for like the uh, Presence Day or something. We, we had, we had we Monday were, off. Well, we were here every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. But I just feel like maybe there's like a lot more going on this week. I know I have a full day of recording stuff this uh, today. Sure, And sure. so I have that to look forward to. Uh, and yesterday, I feel like it kind of went long. But that was also because because after work, I went to watch the My Hero Academia movie. There's like a new one that came out. Okay. And I'm, I like My Hero Academia. I'm not like the biggest My Hero Academia fan. And halfway through the movie... I was, I was drowsy. Plus, it's not your fault. You retired, boy, man. You work hard. I you know thank you, I mean? Kevin. I, thank I you. I do you work hard. Around. I got well, halfway you through the movie. Sit and play video games, but I mean, yeah, but playing video games. I is mean, work. no, it's a, yeah, no, no, it's hard work. Have you ever absolutely. tried playing Bloodborne? That's work. I can't do it. Fat fingers. You know. But yeah, I, mean? I got halfway through the movie and I was like, I know where this is going, and I slept. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how yeah. my week's been. So good movie then, huh? This is good for what I for what I saw. That movie was great. If you're a My Hero Academia fan, you're really gonna like that movie. The point is, we're almost there. We're over the hump. We're over the hump. Friday tomorrow. Yeah. Today's Friday. Uh, what? No. Friday. Today's Thursday. It's Thursday. That's it. You Friday know. Junior. That's what I was trying to think of. Friday Junior. Friday Junior. There's Friday. Maybe you're like, yay, it's Friday, right? Friday. Okay. Today is Friday Junior. I, I like so that. Friday. That's, a, that's the right attitude. I like that. Uh, today's stories include, somehow, even more coronavirus news, a new studio from Platinum, and more dreams improvements, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong. Go into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can correct us, or you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games for bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free now it's time for some housekeeping tomorrow ign is putting on a live stream in celebration of black history month and i'm going to be a part of it uh, starting wow. at 1 30 p.m pacific time come hang out as i get to talk to other black folks in the games industry about their experiences breaking into games it's happening from 1 30 p.m to 4 30 p.m over on ign.com and i'll be on it periodically hanging out playing games interviewing folks and more i think it was jonathan dornbush who like emailed me a few weeks ago it was, it was him and lucio O'Brien. they emailed me and they're like hey do you want to come hang out and i was like sure and a few days ago they're like hey you're gonna be interviewing people and i was like oh sweet 
excitement. I get to like actually talk and have conversations and have a good old time. That's great. Yeah, I like that they're doing that. Oh yeah, no, I, I think I think it's always awesome when they whenever they have events like this. I know they did their Pride stream. I know throughout the year they whenever they whenever occasions pop up where they can do live streams in order to like spotlight people who could use the spotlight or just you know celebrate. Uh, diverse people. I know that's they, really they like cool. To do that, yeah. so good I'm for really, IGN. I'm really excited about that tomorrow. So if you want to come hang out again, 1:30 p.m. Pacific time over on IGN.com, YouTube.com/slash IGN. Probably also is going to be there. Uh, and then Gary, can are, are you? Did you play? You you of course had to have played Ocarina of Time, right? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest games ever made. I, I, and as I've said before on the show, I'm not really a Zelda guy. I've never played like any Zelda game all the way through. Okay, but I've dabbled. Now, how good are you at doing the Navi voice? I don't know what that is. When you say Navi, I think of Avatar. Well, I that's not, pretty much the same thing. They're a little smaller, but same thing. It's not. It's not the same at all. Navi is like the fairy in Ocarina of Time. You know like what? the fairy oh, okay. like hang out. They didn't have Navi in Breath of the Wild, so I don't know. So what oh, okay. is the Navi voice? Can you do it? It's like a high pitched. Like, I I've done it just before. It, I don't like it. doing Give it. Give it a try. Hey, listen. That's how. That's <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's pretty close. <laughs> you nailed it. Sounds like Mickey it. Mouse. As some of you may know, Boss Baby Barrett Courtney spent most of the past year playing every major Zelda game, and because of your support on Patreon back in January, has been working on Zelda in Review, an in-review special where Barrett reviews every Zelda game he played, ranks each game, and rediscovers what makes Legend of Zelda special. Zelda in Review comes out on, th- on the third anniversary of Breath of the Wild. That's March 3rd. That's Tuesday as a YouTube premiere at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash games. Make sure to come watch as we, as we premiere Zelda in review and hang out in the chat as Barrett answers questions and talks to you even more about the legend of Zelda. I'm very excited for that. Apparently the video is really long. I know that um, uh, Barrett so really threw himself into this project, yeah. right? This was a big passion project for Barrett. He put a lot of work into it, yeah. a lot of hours, I feel like people and he's very proud of it. People very much underestimate Barrett because like, I, I mentioned this on a show before. You, you, of course, Kevin, you, you always have a, underestimated on, Barrett. That's that. Oh, I thought you were being serious. No. I'm oh, well, I mean, now that we're here, it's, we might as well be honest, man. I've been, I've been watching you. I've been seeing how you've been underestimating Barrett. But, like, before Barrett uh, started working here, right, like, I followed some of his work. Even before he was, he was working at IGN, I followed some of his work doing, like, editing um, video essays. And he's really good at it. I've always really enjoyed them. Yeah, he's really good at it. And so I'm excited for this to happen because I feel like people are going to finally understand why they call Barrett the boss, baby. Emphasis on boss. The boss, baby. Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis, David Mintel, Mind Freak, Muhammad Muhammad, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Shiraz Razak, Patrick Higgins, Travis Gaikowski, Drew Gardner, Dominic Shorter, Jenny Burnt, Joseph Soler, and Katie Gallagher. Today we're brought to you by the Besties and the Gaming Ride Home podcast, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Hey, before we jump in, before, it's time for some news. We have six items today. A baker's dozen! Real quick, before we jump into the news, because I promised I would do this every week, i got to give you a quick uh, weight update. Mm. Um, I lost two more pounds. Currently, oh, nice. uh, right. 229.4. So overall, this is uh, as of the scale this morning, as of all, as of today, I'm down 23.4 pounds wow. since I started. Congratulations. So I'm about halfway to my goal weight. Dude, I, awesome. I'm looking at myself on the monitor right now. You I think great. you can start to see it. No, for sure. I you think I'm starting to look a little bit thinner. Now, what do you it... think, Kevin? I think yeah. that's a yes from Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. See it. It's you qualified. See it. It's not a very, not a very enthusiastic a yes. Now, is this... What? Turn sideways a little bit. I think it's more your body than anything. Stand up. Let me see the <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you can twirl around for you. I'm not going to well, do that. I mean, maybe a little bit. 
Now is this is this dieting working out or, or both? Or like how? It's just just diet. Just dieting. I'm gonna as I, I it's hard for me to do the exercise because I'm carrying too much weight. Okay. Uh, but as the weight comes off, it's easier for me. Plus yeah. I plus I've still I literally was at the doctor. I was at an um, orthopedic um, doctor yesterday having my ankle checked out because my ankle is still fucked from a badminton injury yeah. about five weeks ago and i'm going to be going to physical therapy to try and get it back into into fighting shape mm -hmm. uh but until then it's hard for me to do a lot of exercises i mean looking at you in the monitor right now i could i could easily see buff gary Witta. oh it's start. coming it's, it's coming i can it's, see it, the future. It's, it's gonna happen yeah what marvel movie have they hired you for what's that so what marvel movie have they hired you, you know i would i would love that like i should get camille awesome. camille to hook me up with his trainer so i could gary's like, been doing do like that the, do that the pose i'm looking all, all buff dude i can't wait it's coming are you cool with camille yeah i know him Dude, just hit him up. Just work out with him. <laughs> he, he doesn't do it anymore because he's too busy, but he used to have, he used to have a gaming pod, uh, podcast with his wife, Emily, yeah. uh, that he did together called The Indoor Kids, and I, I used to go on that. Huh. Man, you guys are all cool. Everybody that works here is so cool, except for Kevin. Like, no, Kevin's cool. I'm, I'm, I mean, a little I'm bit. just bummed that I haven't been invited to Gary Wood's uh, hot tub. You know? I thought I had invited you. Gary Wood has a well, hot tub? Well, the problem is I, I've invited Andy and Tim, because yeah, they're, they're the most attractive ones, and they're the ones oh, that I would, okay. you know, oh, good point. I would want them. I would want them in my hot tub before anyone else. It's a very a good lot. point. It's a very good point. Number one on the Roper Report: Microsoft's Xbox Series X will be able to resume games even after a, re a reboot. This is by Tom Warren of The Verge. Microsoft revealed a number of new specs for its next-gen Xbox Series X game console earlier this week, but the company is dropping fresh hints about features today. In a new podcast, Microsoft's Larry Herb reveals that the new quick resume for multiple games will also let Xbox Series X owners resume games after the console has rebooted. Microsoft used a similar feature on the Xbox One to resume games, but Xbox Series X will resume multiple games from a suspended state, whether you're rebooting the console, switching games, or resuming from standby. Quote, I had to reboot because I had a system update, and then I went and then, then I went back to the game and went right back into it, reveals Herb on the podcast. He continues, so it survives a reboot. That will, that will be useful for any dashboard updates that would usually interrupt any progress in a game, and it sets the stage for encouraging player habits of simply switching off a console and not worrying about save points. Now, this is where the article, I think, gets even more interesting. It doesn't lead with this, but I feel like this maybe should have been more noted because this is where things get cool to me. Alongside this new detail, Microsoft's director of Xbox program management, Jason Ronald, teases something called audio ray tracing. It's not a term that's typically used right now, but essentially it's spatial audio for immersion in Xbox Series X games. Quote, with the introduction of hardware accelerated ray tracing with the Xbox Series X, we're actually able to, we're actually able to enable a whole new set of scenarios. Whether that's more realistic lighting, better reflections, we can even use it for things like spatial audio and have ray traced audio, explains Ronald. Microsoft is planning to dig deeper into the dedicated hardware acceleration for spatial audio on the Xbox Series X at the Game Developers Conference. We'll see about that. Next month, senior audio uh, specialists at Microsoft are planning to hold a talk around, uh, around how Microsoft is collaborating with game designers Dolby and others to take advantage of this hardware support. Gary Witta, as the Xbox expert, or one of the Xbox experts. Xbox correspondent, future yeah, co-host of the Xbox uh, official uh, Kind of Funny Xbox podcast yeah. with Snowbike Mike that will be coming to uh, the Kind of Funny um, uh, uh, schedule yeah, at, some point, at some point. At some point soon. At some point soon. How do you feel about all this? How does this strike you? I'm excited. I'm excited about Series X, and I really, really like uh, what I'm hearing. So obviously, I'm sure you covered this on the show that yesterday or the day before, like the, when the tech specs dropped. Yes. All the teraflops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All very impressive actually, sounding. Let's, let's start there actually, because okay. we haven't we haven't heard your thoughts as again the Xbox expert in this office, right? Expert. <laughs> the, the expert. Enthusiast. 
how how did you feel about all the details that came out around smart delivery, around all the teraflops? How did that stuff strike you? I think, you look, uh, teraflops are good. The more of them, the better. I'm glad that we're going to have 12 of them. That yep. sounds pretty impressive. 12 sounds great 12, sure. 12 sounds good. Um... So I, you know, I think you know, I put it put it into terms that I can understand. I think this is like eight times more powerful than the current Xbox One. So that mm-hmm. you can go, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but on, honestly, what excites me more um, are the quality of life improvements, things like smart delivery, which I think sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I think that really throws the gauntlet down to Sony. Yeah. So like, take Cyberpunk as an example. The big news uh, earlier this week was uh, CD Projekt Red said if you buy. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox One this spring, yeah. uh, when Series X comes out, you will automatically get a free... You won't have to rebuy it. Yes. Now, if Sony don't... I, I think that's thrown down the gauntlet yeah. to Sony. If Sony don't match that and say, yeah, if you buy if you, if you, if you buy Cyberpunk or whatever game on PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 when it comes out this spring, you'll get a free update to PS5 when that version comes out, they're going to look bad. Yeah. I feel like Sony, Sony have to match that because that's a really compelling yeah, offer that Microsoft are making. That's a whole conversation we had on PSLW XOXO, which we went down the whole rabbit hole, smart delivery and the implications on these different things. And it's the idea in theory is so simple, right? When enhanced versions of games come out on next gen, we will have access to both copies or both versions, right? Through smart delivery, through what Cyberpunk is doing right here, right? right. saying that you once you buy the current gen version, you will have the next gen version uh, free, right? When you look at the implications against what Sony might be doing or what Sony might not be doing, right? I think that's where things get really murky and really difficult and really kind of complicated because, you know, I think the thing that really makes Xbox Series X and smart delivery and the idea of upgrading to new new versions like a really compelling thing is the idea that you'll be getting in a version of Xbox or you'll be getting a version of Cyberpunk 2077 that is enhanced for Xbox Series X, meaning that, you know, whether it is it runs better or it has ray tracing in there or it looks better or whatever it may be, right? There will be actual enhancements to the game because you're getting an Xbox Series X enhanced version. Whereas PlayStation 5, the way I've... The, the way I feel like I've speculated what PS5 will do in terms of backwards compatibility is not necessarily upgrading the game, but you'll be able to play the PS4 game on your PS5, right? And whether or not you'll get that version free, like even if you do get the version free... I mean, free, sure, backward compatibility is one thing, yeah. but what you really want is the full upgrade. Yeah, and that's, that's I, what Microsoft's offering. That's what Microsoft's offering, and that's the thing that I don't know if Sony is going I to do. I feel like they have to match it if they don't, because that's a really, really great consumer-friendly move. It's something the consumers, I think, I, I've been... Uh, looking at the blogs and the the you know the YouTube people that are out there commenting commentating on this and people are really applauding Microsoft yeah. for this move. If if Sony don't match this, I worry that it's going to look like the optics are going to be kind of the opposite as it was at the beginning of the last generation when Microsoft originally rolled out all that bullshit DRM and they made remember they initially made game sharing yeah. really hard and it led to that famous video with Adam Boys going here's how you share games on the PS4 here like and everyone laughed like if. If, if, it was really funny. Now, you're going to see the opposite of that if PlayStation don't match, if they don't have their version of smart delivery, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's... The reason why I don't have faith that Sony is going to have it is for Xbox, this has been a thing that they've kind of been building over the generation. And so for Xbox, like original Xbox games or Xbox 360 games, those games are enhanced for Xbox One. Yeah. Like those games are enhanced for Xbox One X, right? Playing Sonic Generations uh, a few a couple weeks ago, right? Like that game had Xbox One X enhancements. And that's the thing that Xbox has been working on and improving and building on this entire generation. And that's the thing that, PS, like, that PlayStation hasn't even like mentioned. 
right? Any sort of like automatic upscaling it's, for it's, current gen or next gen games. I, I'm going to be, you know, Greg said the other day he just wants like Sony and Microsoft to put all their cards on the table. Like, and I agree. Like, we we really want to see like yeah. what they what it is they're really offering, and we're going to see sooner than later. You know, they're going to have to do the full uh, reveal. Uh, very soon, Microsoft at E3, if E3 goes ahead, uh, and Sony at its own event at some point in the near future. Um, my feeling generally, though, is that in this kind of co this technological arms race that we see every generation, it's becoming less now just about raw power, teraflops and GPUs and stuff like that. Yeah, you want the games to look as good as possible, but it's increasingly about what quali quality of life improvements yeah. can this technology get you. A smart delivery is a terrific quality yeah. of life improvement multiple suspend states on games you can just jump straight back into the game even if you had to reboot and update the console yeah. that's, that's fantastic awesome. like one of the things that frustrates me the most right now and i know that sony is on this as well because they have shown this already mm. is you won't there won't be like epic load times anymore like my wife's playing witcher 3 right now really long load times yep. my kid loves to play the sims 4 on xbox really long Dude, load I'm times i'm playing bloodborne right now and every time you you die like you have to load you have to load back in and that's the load times are too damn long like one yeah. of the one of the initial really, really big criticisms about Anthem was you spent more time waiting for the fucking game to load than you did playing it. This new technique, you know, solid state drives and, and the technology that, that both Sony and Microsoft will be employing in this next generation. I, I, the PlayStation 4 already does this pretty well. Like Even you turn off the PlayStation, put it in rest mode or whatever, come back and the game's just instantly there. Oh, how delightful. The game's just ready to play immediately. Yeah. The fact that that will now become hopefully the standard across multiple games at once, like being able to just jump back and forth between multiple games that you've got on the go at any given time, I think that's wonderful. And I think that when we think about what next generation technology can offer us we need to be th as, as microsoft clearly are need to be thinking um not just about well how much better are the graphics going to be yeah but more about how does this make my experience as a player more frictionless and more enjoyable i have to i have to wait around less i have to worry i, I don't have to worry about upgrades anymore rebuying a game yeah. i really think sony has to match or have have something as good as smart delivery because otherwise the, I think Microsoft could possibly start really closing the gap yeah. again in the next generation. Between smart delivery, everyone agrees Game Pass is like one of the best things in the industry right now. Sony don't have anything nearly as good. Mm -hmm. they, 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 got, they got to start thinking more, less in terms of just a technological uh, arms race and more in terms of just what console are you going to have the best time yeah. playing. And right now, Microsoft has, has played some very, very strong cards. I want to see what Sony's got. Yeah, this week has been the first time where I've truly felt excited for next gen because now. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, now that's that Microsoft is speaking out loud about the ways in which the technology is actually going to affect the games and affect how you play the games. You know, like the idea of smart delivery and now, right, with uh, uh, game resume, which, which they talked about early earlier in the week. But seeing that now, I can restart my Xbox and like not have to worry about. I love that. You know, restarting, right? I can. I still have just less waiting around. States. Yeah, less waiting around, less having to like have to less less having to worry about like okay, cool, I'm gonna have to get to the save state just in case there's an update or, or it's, whatever. It's little things that add up to a lot. I've said this before. You know, I know it sounds stupid, but I know there are people out there who agree with me. One of the things I'm most excited about in the next hardware generation is just USB C on the controllers. Yeah. So I don't have to fuck around with that awful, awful micro USB plug anymore. I hate that stupid plug. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got the Xbox Elite 2 controller that charges versus uh, via USB-C, and it's a delight because that plug just slides in, in and out really, really easily. You don't have to fiddle around with that awful, awful micro USB, yeah. and that's something that will that will go away in the next generation as well. So little, just little quality of life improvements across the board that add up to a lot. So this is the first time I've heard about the term audio ray tracing. And that that does sound like a bullshit term. It does, it does, but in theory, right? I think the idea that because you know ray tracing, as you know, we we know it about we know it as, as far as lighting goes right 
realistic lighting, the way light dissipates in real life, right, that is then replicated in the game or simulated in the game. I feel like if you do that for sound, that could add such a an actual deeper level, especially for like competitive multiplayer games where if I am playing Call of Duty, right, imagine I'm in the game and I hear I hear footsteps from like around the corner and the way that the ways in which those footsteps echo around the room like makes me aware that okay, no, these these footsteps sound like they're coming around that corner. Right. Right. Like that sounds off. If, the I chain mean to me. and, and that and that can actually help you in gameplay. You know, back in back when I used to play sounds um, are on our end. Back when I used to play uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you you have to play with headphones because the spatial positional audio, like when a, when a shot whistles by you, there's all, there's like a whole science to like figuring out where that shot came from based on yeah. how the positional audio plays out through your headphones. Yeah, and so you know it can help with gameplay. It can also just be immersive. I think many people don't appreciate just how much immersive spatial audio can add to a game experience because oh, yeah. they don't you know having a really good positional sound setup most people don't have that it's like a high-end thing one of the questions i have about this is uh and which i hopefully they'll answer this soon is is this something that you would need like a high-end uh like surround sound setup yeah. or headphones to really appreciate or would like my regular tv or a sound bar like because you can you can simulate this stuff yeah, you can simulate. You, you can like give the impression of like audio coming from behind you based on you know, how the speakers kind of throw it around the room. I don't know if this is something that like anyone with just a TV or headphones. I mean, headphones are, are, are always, I think, the best way to yeah, do it. I feel like you would definitely need some kind of three D audio headphones yeah. like that sort of deal in order to truly make this matter. But even like I, I, I have I, I played Hellblade with like very crappy. Uh, headphones, or I don't, they weren't very crappy. They're like twenty dollars Sony, like those black headphones that are like over the ear, right. right? And that still made that that game and the ways in which they used. I, I think they call it binaural audio. The way yeah. in which they used that still felt cool. Oh, and for like sure, dynamic in just those crappy headphones. And so I'm sure, like having the have, using audio ray tracing with like regular headphones will have some effect, but you probably need like 3D three D audio or some sort of like better surround sound system to really You're gonna you're gonna see more and matter. more of this and like not everybody wants to hook up their their living room with surround sound because it's a big hassle. Um, but what you know, one one piece of advice I would give gamers in general is if you want to like level up your gaming experience, get a good set of headphones that can do uh, positional audio yeah. because it really really adds to the experience. Yeah, I, I when I think of this, I think of games specifically like PUBG or Battle Royale games in general where yeah. You, re- you 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 can be helped out a lot by sound, right? You Hearing notice it a lot in VR, where yeah. p- positional audio is a big part of the experience. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I think game game types that have been coming out recently, so yeah, VR, battle royale, like those those games can be helped out a lot with very good yeah. audio. Yeah, and but so like horror games and things like that, oh, where yeah. that that's a big part of the experience, yeah. like just just for the immersion. But yeah, I like the idea of I I love actually the idea of audio ray tracing, and I, I hope. Sony has an answer to kind of all of this. I'm I'm very much on the edge of my seat to see what more details we get from Sony and when we get them because I feel like I feel like Microsoft is dominating the conversation a lot right now. That's that's true, but Sony Sony have yet to show they their have, cards, they to and show they're, they're going to have impressive cards. We 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 know that. Uh, the suspense state stuff. They already they already showed a demo of that some months ago. I think they showed Spider Man load times yeah. on PlayStation like Four, first, and then running yeah. on PS Five hardware. Like the load time was almost instant. So that's going to be nice. I think they'll probably also offer multiple suspense states. The smart delivery thing though is is that's a big gauntlet, and I really think that if if it comes down to this, that um, on Xbox. Uh, you buy a game like Cyberpunk, and you'll get that free upgrade to a to a full a fully upgraded Series X edition mm-hmm. um, uh, when the next gen drops. 
and that's not something Sony can match. I don't know if that'll move the needle that much, but that's not going to be a good look for Sony. Yeah. They, 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 they need to pony up and come up with something as good as that, I think. Number two on the Roper Report, Dreams is looking to improve its trending tab to feature more original content. This is by Matt Kim of IGN. Dreams Media Molecule's newest game slash creation tool has been hit with creatives looking to flex their game design prowess. But some say the discovery tool that's meant to highlight up and coming projects tend to favor viral content over original creation. Something that Media Molecule says it's looking to address. Dreams is a tool that lets creators work within the Dreams games en- game engine and create all kinds of games, animations, and visual content. We've already seen wildly imaginative creations come out of dreams already and there's even a trending dreams tab that's meant to highlight some of the of the most popular dreams creations but one critique of the trending trending system is how it places more weight on games based purely on plays and not necessarily likes in practice this floats remakes and memes up to the top over over original creations that may not have gone viral in one thread on the r slash ps4 dream subreddit with over 1.2 thousand upvotes players are discussing ways this system can be improved quote I understand that trending games are the most played games of the day, but what happens is that meme and superhero games that have 3K plays but only 100 likes are absolutely overshadowing overshadowing great creations that have like 200 likes but only have, for example, 400 plays, end quote. Quote, feedback is a vital part of helping us shape and grow Dreams community, a Media Molecule spokesperson tells IGN when we reached out regarding these concerns. To continue, we started making the first changes to our recommendation and discovery algorithms in early access and plan on continuing that work to improve them as we go, end quote. Media Molecule specifically mentions the Reddit thread saying, quote, the Reddit thread currently contains some good ideas such as the likes versus plays ratio currently, and we are certainly giving them some careful consideration as part of this process, end quote. Gary, have you played Dreams yet? No, but I'm very, very impressed by it and what I've, some of the creations I've seen coming out of it. I, I should get it. I, I, yeah. I really, I really want to mess around with it. And even, even if I'm not interested in creating anything on my own, I want to I yeah. see what other people are creating in it. That's how I play Dreams. I, don't, I haven't really created anything in Dreams yet. I've like messed around a little bit with the creation tools, but not enough to where I'm like, I'm going to create a whole game it's or just ama- like it's, it's amazing to me how robust it seems to be. Like You yeah. really can create almost anything. It's really awesome. And I think to, to this article and the Reddit threads and all this stuff, right? I kind of see where they're coming from. Because on this last episode of PSLWXOXO that we recorded this week, I kind of talked about some of the dreams that I had been playing and I highlighted two and both of them were remakes, right? Like one of them was a re- one, one of them was just t- Tetris. Like somebody made Tetris in dreams, which is like a really cool, really impressive thing. And I mean, it was, it was really awesome because then I can play free, free Tetris in dreams, I guess free quote unquote, cause I had to buy dreams, but still I can play Tetris in dreams. Right. And the other one was a remake of the ghost of Tsushima trailer. And right. I think Greg brought up the question of like, yeah, you know, this is like both of these things are remakes and it is because these things go viral, right? Like yeah. the Ghost of Tsushima. Because they have built in recognition. Yeah, built in recognition. When the Dreams Early Access first dropped, there were like PT remakes and right. uh, the what was the the zombie space dead dead, dead space. space? Yeah, dead. There, dude, there was a Dead Space remake in Dreams. I dude, I played the first few hours of the first death actually i play like a little bit of all the death spaces and every time i i jump into them, i'm like yo these are these are terrifying that's why i've never beaten them because they're so scary but you know like a lot of remakes and a lot of uh fan creations are 
getting the most high, and memes right are getting the most highlight because i can of i can see that and so I, I understand the idea of hey let's figure out ways to highlight more original content greg, because original content is really great in dreams greg sent me a thing the other day somebody uh, uh recreated the um, uh darth vader in the hallway yeah, I saw that sequence too. from yeah. the end of rogue one it's which like so is impressive and that's and you know that's that's really cool to see and i think that recreating things can be a great way to learn the tools and the techniques but mm -hmm. i but i do agree that they should uh fiddle with their their algorithm a little bit to try and favor original yeah. content more because that's I, I think you know if media molecule a year from now are looking at this and most of the stuff that's floating to the to the top uh is like memes and recreations of things and not like truly original ideas i think they would consider that a failure mm -hmm. i think dreams is meant to be um, a tool to create new original things, not just recreate shit yeah. that we've seen before. So I, I, I do hope that um, people, anything they can do, they can do to encourage uh, the creation of like truly original ideas. I think would would be a good thing. I understand why people are attracted to the memes and the things yeah. that people recognize, and they're more likely to get clicks. And people go, "Oh, I know what that is. Let me see that in dreams." And, and I understand why it's an those, easier sell. I understand why those would be the first thing that people first things that people would jump to create too right. because it's easier to recreate something or it's easier to take inspiration from something than to create an original piece you just described hollywood yeah like it's it's and that's often like the first stepping stone into creating something original is yeah. by like taking inspiration and you know trying to recreate or try like for me when i started podcasting right like my first podcasts were just me you know looking at what greg was doing and trying to imitate that right, right. and then i was able to kind of you know find my own groove and start doing my own thing right and every creator i feel like starts from taking inspiration yeah there's nothing wrong with and that and then you know doing their own thing and so i think that's why early on we're seeing a lot of recreations is that's how you that's how you learn how to use the tools and like that's the stuff that gets viral but i also think that that stuff is necessary in the first few periods of the yeah game. so I'm, I'm glad that media molecule is aware of it I, I hope that they fiddle with their metrics or their algorithm a little bit to try and create um uh, a better ecosystem for original ideas to float to the top again i get it it's a chat it really is like hollywood you know remakes and sequels are popular because the studios know that people will go to see those things because they go oh yeah i know what that is yeah i recognize that i remember that that's familiar to me um as opposed to having to sell a totally original idea which can be a tougher sell jamie s writes in and says good morning blessing and gary last night ign's matt kim reported that media molecule is looking into improvements for the trending tab in dreams in order to better feature original content over flashy viral remakes and memes this is in response to a significant amount of critical feedback on the current system from the dreams community and in particular the subreddit which feels that quality original dreams with a high play to like ratio are being buried under dreams that receive a lot of plays but far fewer likes due to a clickbait title or theme blessing as someone who has really dived into the into the content that dreams has to offer what do you feel media molecule should do in this situation is there a benefit in dreams going viral so frequently with these flashy remakes or is this hurting the long-term viability of the platform is it better for media molecule to focus on supporting the creators and players who are already invested or should they be pushing viral content to cast the eyes of the uninitiated thanks i think there's a balance to it because i don't think you should not promote remakes and like you should not promote uh like stuff that's taken inspiration from other stuff right I, I feel like that stuff is valuable to the platform i feel like that stuff show like in the in the first year of dreams right that stuff has already shown people how impressive dreams can be right seeing people recreate things uh i think i i think media molecule already is messing around with different ways to showcase cool dreams like they have their they have their game jams in dreams they have different categories for different types of dreams right so even if like the main trending dreams tab is 
a lot of remakes and stuff. There are like a bunch of other tabs in Dreams that you can look at and be like, oh, here's something original, right? Like that stuff is already being serviced in, surfaced in a way by Media Molecule that allows us to actually see them. But yeah, I, I do think it'd be it'd be good to tweak the al algorithm for the trending dreams tab, right? Like, and also, I would say just don't leave it to the mercy of an algorithm. We see yeah. we see where algorithms get us. They, they 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 serve up fucked up recommendations, you know, on YouTube and on Amazon and on the play. They, they like why why the fuck are you showing me this? I don't want any because they, they the algorithm is like reaching a conclusion that makes no sense. There's no substitute for manual human curation yeah and media molecule have the power to do that yeah. have a little team of curators who are pushing the things that they mm -hmm. like and, you, you can do like trending dream of the day or yeah. dream of the well, weekend and that. manually push the original stuff yeah then that's my thing too is they, they do do that like they have a dream of or a pick of a pick of the week kind of right. deal where they do like pick, a staff like, pick or whatever yeah, like like a bookstore yeah pick, right yeah and they have like the different categories and stuff like i think they're doing a good job of surfacing that stuff uh i I think the thing the thing that people are complaining about mainly is that the the trending dreams tab is like the main algorithm decided one and and I think is at like the very top and so maybe like moving that around testing around but it sucks because I also don't want it to be fully uh, curated by media molecule right I like I would like ways for things to be naturally surfaced right because I feel like that's how you get um, or that that allows us ourselves right as the users as the players to really dictate like what's there's, no, there's awesome. nothing wrong with having a section that is just you know driven by an algorithm just by a child yeah. like, th this is the thing that has the most plays this is the thing that has the most likes like it or not this is what's popular in the community right now by all means have that section but also have a curated section where the media molecule team could say this is stuff that we really think has yeah. merit and we want you to see we have the power to put that in front of you so we're going to do that yeah and i think that like i I have no doubts that they'll they'll figure this out pretty quickly because they've already been on that road. Like they've already been doing that. They've they already are really good about highlighting the things that they like. They even have a section that is like dreams that we've that we've streamed on our live stream, right? Like they 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 go pretty in depth as far as surfacing the good stuff. And so I I have no doubts that they'll uh, tweak whether whether it's, the, it's they tweak the algorithm or. Um, mix around where how they surface the algorithm based stuff like i they'll they'll fix it i'm pretty sure they will number three platinum games is opening a new studio this is by michael mcwerder of polygon bayonetta and near automata developer platinum games is growing the developer has announced today that it has opened a new studio based in tokyo that will develop develop live service games for consoles a brand new endeavor for the company known best for its single player action games Platinum Games has experimented, experimented with live service games in the past, but primarily on mobile platforms. The studio worked on two titles, two titles Lost Order for, uh, for Grand Blue publisher Psy Games and World of Demons for DNA. That followed the live service model, but both appear to have been canceled. Executive Vice President and Studio Head Atsushi Inaba calls Platinum's, to Platinum's Tokyo expansion, quote, a step towards a new challenge for us. Quote, so far, the name Platinum Games has been nearly synonymous with single-player action games, Inaba said on the Platinum Games website. But going forward, we're, we're looking to expand into new genres and, play, and styles of play. One of these new, new challenges for us is console live ops game development. These aren't these aren't games that these aren't games we work on until they were done, and that's all. Rather, we continue working on them to provide new content long after release. We want to explore this ongoing development pattern in the home console space. Our new Tokyo office will play a major role as we expand into live ops game development. The starting core members of our future live ops team who will be working there are already part of Platinum Games. Now, Gary, have you played any Platinum Games? Are you a Platinum Games fan at all? Bayonetta and. Um Nia, 
You know, I have uh, Nia on my um, uh, PlayStation, and I oh, really... Oh, it's, 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 it's great. It's part of my backlog of shame. Yeah, Nier Automata, like, uh, Astral Chain on Switch, you know, they developed it. Oh, really right, good. they did that too? Yeah, uh, like, Wonderful 101. I'm trying to think of more. Um, Vanquish. No, there's a lot. Like, Vanquish, Mad World. Uh, there's one that I played. Well, they they I make good games. Me. Oh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance or whatever. Their games are primarily... Single player action hack and slash games, right? And now they're opening yeah. a new studio that is going to be focused on live service games. I really like this, honestly. Like, I know, like, I feel like the immediate jump would be to to think that this is like them kind of selling out a bit, which I kind of understand what that perspective would be because, like, it. I feel like live service games is so can easily be be uh, identified as them trying to gra- be a money grab, right? Or like them trying to make money, and it obviously is, but I think for them, one, I want to see what that type of game looks like for them because I think like I'm, I, the idea of a platinum game that is multiplayer, that is fast action, sounds like it could be fun. But then also I think if them making this type of game helps them to keep their studio afloat because they're independent, I think that's an awesome thing. And so I, don't know, I think this is cool. There's a there's a lot of stigma out there right now attached to you know kind of the lo- games as a service live games all that kind of stuff and rightly so because a lot of the games that are out there right now in that category are not good you know every week there's a new embarrassing story about Anthem or Fallout 76 or whatever even the games out there that are seen to be doing that genre better like you mm-hmm. know Destiny 2 Division 2 um I think you know I, I still kind of just kind of scratching the surface of what is possible in a live. It's a, live games as a service, like a, li- a live persistent world game, not necessarily yeah. an MMO, but like a live service game. We're still kind of in the silent movie era of like figuring out what's possible in that genre. It's a whole new field of game design. What we're seeing in, with the current generation, that's the first generation of games that are trying this out. Yeah. So it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of stuff that's not working. We'll get better at it. I really believe there's a ton of potential in the live service. Uh, genre, yeah. not just as a money grab, but like creatively. Yeah, um, good games. I, 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 I'm with that too. And, and I think that we're gonna, I think we're, I think we're gonna see that genre get better as game developers and designers learn how to get the best out of that genre. We're still figuring it out. Yeah. Greg sat down at the yeah, hot mic. I was gonna say, Greg Miller, do you have anything to say about? I have breaking news. Oh, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, oh. from Ethan Gotch over at Kotaku, Microsoft drops out of GDC two. GDC's it, done, dude. It's done. I, I said by the end. I, I said by end of day Friday, this thing's canceled. <laughs> you were right. You had a bet that it was going to get canceled, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm just telling, blessing that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, Kotaku. Uh, following the footsteps of several other major tech firms, including Sony and Facebook, Microsoft said today that it will no longer be attending this year's Game Developer Conference due to the growing health concern risks uh, posed by coronavirus. Quote. After a close review of guidance by global health authorities and out of an abundance of caution, we've made the difficult decision to withdraw from participating in Game Developers Conference 2020 in San Francisco, Microsoft wrote on its GameStack blog. Instead, Microsoft will host live stream versions of the majority of its planned GDC panels, including panels covering its next generation Xbox Series X hardware, Project X Cloud streaming, and game development sessions from its various Xbox Game Studios teams. The streams will be shown on its website th- from March 16th through the 18th, the first three days of GDC. In addition to its GDC panels, Microsoft has traditionally hosted a separate ID at Xbox event at, at in San Francisco during the show at which press are able to play and review indie games coming to Xbox as well as interview developers. It has not been said whether this event will also be canceled and did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Kevin has coronavirus. He oh just no. sneezed. It's oh, no. Do it. Yeah, stay Bless the you, fuck Kevin. away from me, Bless Kevin. You. It's on the air. <sighs> 
Is that the end of it? Is it is, I mean, there's, yeah, is, there's more, but yeah. it seems like is it's more that, context. Is that going to be the tipping? At what point did the GDC, let's just not do it? At what I point mean, does that happen? I, it's it today like or it's tomorrow. Here. Like, today or tomorrow. So, to even add to that, right, number four on the Roper Report, the hits continue for GDC as Unity also pulls out. This comes from a blog post written by John Riccatello, or Rick, 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 it, Rick, Riccatello. Riccatello, CEO of Unity Technologies, titled... Uh, an update on our GDC 2020 plans. He writes, GDC is always our favorite time of the year at U- at Unity. It's a chance for us to connect with creators, customers, players, and partners from around the world. Unfortunately, this year, after much thought and deliberation, we have made the difficult decision to pull out of GDC 2020. While we did not make this decision lightly, the current conditions with COVID-19, also known as novel coronavirus, present too much risk. We take our players... We, or we take our employees' well-being very seriously. We do not want any Unity employee or partner to compromise their health and safety unnecessarily. We're advising all employees to refrain from tra- traveling to GDC. We will no longer have a physical presence with a booth, but will but will instead showcase the great GDC content we've been working towards online. Expect more details in the coming weeks. The games the Game Developer Conference has always been, uh, has always done a fantastic job in uniting the games industry. We look forward to showing our support at next year's event. And so, GDC is. Basically. Unity is a big player as well. Yeah, like this year, I feel like yeah, it's... that's the thing. Who who's big is going to be there? Anyway. Who's like, yeah. like here's t- who what who's the biggest remaining name at GDC right now? Great question. I don't have it off the top. Kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're, I mean, what? Like we were going down to the Microsoft event. Are we going to that? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's the thing. Is like GDC is such a different ball of wax than PAX. PAX is a consumer show. You know, you have people who are fans paying to go there to see the games, play the games, hopefully go here. Uh, that's, yeah, GDC is mm. networking and business yeah. and biz dev and pitching stuff. And can you take that online? Can you do that? For a lot of developers, no. Like, I mean, a lot of indies go there. A lot of smaller teams go there. But for the big companies, yeah, why would you go? It's about recruitment. But is that worth putting your people out of line? And yeah. I'll Christ- take the CDC over GDC. Hey. 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 Christian, like that? <laughs> Christian Simmers on Twitter replied to your tweet that you tweeted earlier today. And I have not, like, I'm not, I've not been to a GDC, and so I've not been totally cleared on like how it is compared compared to PAX. Yeah, I guess I'll be I'll be going. It's not it's not as shoulder to shoulder as PAX, but it's a lot of people in a confined yeah. area. And he he re- responded to Greg's tweet uh, saying that he Greg saying uh, I wouldn't be surprised if GDC is canceled by tomorrow. Right? Chris says this is bad for college students and other job seekers. For better or worse, GDC is literally the place in the U.S. where most game workers look for employment, portfolio advice, career coaching, and other networking opportunities. This will hurt the industry in many ways. Not to mention the fact that it probably already costs many people the, sh- the shirt on their backs just to attend the event as well right so like the effects that gdc is having for people who might not be familiar entirely with what gdc is is more so on the industry as far as people who work in the industry like it's developers. a massive networking event and yeah. it sucks if it if it you know i take no pleasure in this story at all if it, it, i love gdc and if it gets canceled that's going to be a real real bummer but i also totally understand it personally i'm very bearish on uh, coronavirus i think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better yeah um you know we have a bunch of fucking incompetence uh at the top of running the show right now that i have no uh faith in You're at all me, mike what? pence being our, our our thought leader on this isn't inspiring you with don't confidence? don't don't fucking get me started <laughs> Uh, let's let's not go down the political road, but yeah, I mean, we we have, we have a bunch of fucking uh, chumps mm-hmm. uh, who are supposed to be. We have a president who can't even fucking spell, literally can't spell coronavirus. Who's in charge of this? And I'm very very nervous about it. I literally asked the principal of my kid's school yesterday, "What's going on? What plans do do you have to like you know close schools if kids start sneezing and coughing and stuff like?" I've got a seven year old kid. I'm not going to fuck around with this. Yeah. I would not go to G. I would not go to GDC. Pax mm. is. I, I love Pax. I would not go to Pax East. Really? This weekend? No. Fuck no. 
These mm. places are petri dishes. Yeah. Um, there's there, there was a story. There's, there's a good chance they might have to cancel the Olympics, and oh, that yeah, would be terrible. That. But I I would fucking understand. That it. wouldn't surprise me. I would oh. understand it. Frank Freder writes in and says, good morning, blessed and Gary, and I guess now Greg. Another day in, a, <laughs> in another company is pulling out of GDC due to coronavirus. This time it's Unity, the engine provider. As news of the virus spreads and gets in people's ears, do you think it will have a long-term effect on the games industry? We don't quite know when next gen will come out, but with coronavirus already taking China out of work, do you anticipate that we will see a delay in next gen into December release dates? With companies canceling on GDC and PAX East, do you think that E3 may catch a break by having companies pulling out of their show the show due to scares of the virus and and they can blame their dumpster fire failures on that ice what they're saying uh thanks for all you do frank further how do you guys feel like this might affect the industry long too early to say isn't it who the fuck in knows? terms of a lineup in terms of like games coming out and stuff like in, t- in terms of like next gen and also like e3 let's say that I'm, well, in terms of next gen and like making your game and making uh, so this only benefits you stay at home stay in the office i know i know this is a game show but i feel like it's 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 lame to even be talking about this like this is a fucking potential public health catastrophe and anytime trump or fucking larry kudlow goes on tv talking about the stock market i want to smash my fucking tv mm-hmm. like that's not what you should be worried about right now we should not be worried about whether or not a fucking series x is going to be a bit late we should be worried about fucking keeping people safe because there's a potential here for a lot of fucking people to die and we should be more concerned about um you know practicing good health washing your hands fucking not going to fucking major nexuses and petri dishes for for uh, contamination like conventions this makes total sense to me i need to have a conversation with you kevin and you greg and also nick andy and tim the C- latest advice out of the cdc is shave your fucking beard that's if you're gonna wear a mask I'm no gonna wear no, a mask. well maybe you should be wearing uh, you know, listen I, I think a, I, have a full face mask. I like, think all of you, everyone with the but you know, it's the thing. I'm, I'm laughing. Listen, I'm telling you, coronavirus has the surprise me. Coronavirus <laughs> has the potential to totally devastate the YouTube video game vlog hot take community because it's all a bunch of fucking dudes with beards. I mean, maybe that would be the oh, worst yeah, the thing. Oh, the games industry is going to be. It's going to be. It's gonna oh be my ours. god, it's going to be. It's, it's, it's going to. We're going to. Us two are going to own. It's going to be. An, it's going to be an apocalypse. Think, it's going to be. It's going to be you and me, like yeah. the beardless ones. We're going to inherit the earth. I think in solidarity, you guys should grow your beards out. No, I think. I think that you. To raise awareness of coronavirus and good health We're and hygiene, you should all, all sh- you should all shave your beards on stream. I'm down for that. I'll uh, give in to terrorists. Also, this the- coronavirus thinks it can make me change my ways. No, I know that Greg is Look, here. Right, like, Greg. like here's, I'll say this: like it or not. I like how as quickly an, as, you went from being serious to like this fucking. As, as an, I know, I'm being totally serious. Like it or not, as a beard is is a valid aesthetic choice if that's the road you want to go down. But don't tell me that a beard is hygienic because it's fucking not. Just it's just empirically true that a beard is not Gary, hygienic. You the thing is, though, they're read hot. The article. You what? just saw the images. What's the article say? Oh, I don't know. I didn't read it. <laughs> What's the word with the Japan hey, trip? Now that Greg is here, though. Thing. Well, uh, I was uh, honestly, I was originally coming in to tell you I bu- I'm getting ready to book the tickets, but this now, is well, this is a good, yeah, this is a fucking great international. Get, stuff. This is such a great get out of jail free card. For, I was for one, great I love Japan you too trip. much, Bust. You're too important to the company I'm to send will, to I'm Japan. I'm willing to take the risk. Nah, I won't let you I've do it. I'm sorry because you can sue us so for bad. negligence if it you want. It won't be an issue. You know what? I hear Nick calling me. I gotta go. no. Oh, God. Number five on the Roper Report. Dark Pictures Anthology. Little Hope gets first details and release window. This is by Wesley LeBlanc, LeBlanc of IGN. First, before we get into this, uh, Gary, are you familiar with like the Dark Pictures and Man of Dawn and all this stuff? No. Okay. So, uh, to preface, right? Supermassive Games, the developers of Until Dawn, they put out Man of Dawn. Oh, no. I, I, so, I'm familiar with Man of Dawn. Yeah. yeah. So, th- 
Man of Badan is part of the Dark Pictures anthology. Which okay. Is like they're like Black Mirror kind of thing where it is like every single game uh, is like a new kind of weird take on horror. Got right? it. Part of the same series. No, it's not. You're not, you're not into it, Kevin? No, thank you. I don't like horror games either. Really? Not even I Until Dawn. I won't play them. Until yeah, Dawn is like not scary space. though. No, like a slasher thing like that is okay, but yeah. I can't play the really See, little, uh, like uh, Outlast. I can't play that. The dark pictures are more slashery than like actual like Outlast. I told you, Fatal Frame Two was on the PlayStation Two. Oh, that was the last. Uh, uh, that was the last horror game I ever played. I'm, I'm, I'm fuck this. I'm never playing one of I these told again. You about that, where like that was the one where like the box. I was. Mm-mm. I tried playing PT. I noped out after like five minutes. Okay, well that one I understand. PT is terrifying. The article reads: Details of Supermassive's game game's next game in the Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope, has been revealed alongside a re- release window. The first Dark Pictures anthology game, Man of Dawn, came out in August last year, and players that made it to the end were treated to a small teaser of Little Hope. That teaser ended with the release year of 2020, and that was the last we heard of this game. This that was the last we heard of this next game in the anthology series. Supermassive Games has now released more info about the upcoming title, and it seems players can can expect to traverse an abandoned town this summer. Quote, trapped and isolated in the, aban- in the abandoned town of Little Hope, four college students and the professor must escape the nightmarish visions that relentlessly pursue them through an impenetrable fog. End quote. Supermassive Games CEO Pete Samuels said in an update. As they, as they journey through the town looking for a means of escape you must understand the meaning of these events the root of the root of evil and how it's directly connected to them end quote as you see the trailer actually. yeah no le- legit like i i'm excited for it even though man of madon kind of disappointed me oh bit. there's a trailer yeah and i don't know if this is a new trailer or this is a trailer this was the trailer that was in the uh man of madon can game. we pull it I don't have a link. You might have to. You might have to search it. I mean, try little, try little hope trailer and yeah, see what happens. Little hope trailer and see if it's come out in the last like day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, yeah. Okay. He's Kevin's on the case. As you can see in the trailer, little hope appears to lean more toward until dawn than it does man of dawn, which excites me because until dawn, great. Man of dawn, not so great. Little hope will launch summer 2020 as the second entry in the dark pictures. He's anthology, got it. He's got it. Which supermassive games describes as a series of quote intense standalone branching cinematic horror games that combined atmospheric environments with with powerful storytelling to create. A terrifying new gaming experience. Kevin, pull up Little Hope. These trailers are like five months old. Okay, so is, is I this think, really news? I, no, I think this is the trailer from the end of Man of Madon game. You, I don't, you've got it muted, Kevin. These are just details that are coming out of the blog post, but I don't, I don't think there's actually a new trailer. But if you want to see how Little Hope looks, right? Actually, yeah, because this, this is the first I've heard of it, so I just want to take a quick look. Okay, very good. So if you liked Until Dawn, this could be very up your alley. But I played Man of Madon. You didn't like Man of Madon? No. I, it was... It was all right. Like Until Dawn for me was like a solid eight, eight point five, like great game. Where this does look more Until Dawny. Man of Madon was like more of like the six, six point five in. Okay. Like it just was a step down from Until Dawn in every way, but it was fine for what it was. The, the hook about these games is that they're multiplayer, right? right. So this game is also going to be multiplayer. You get to do co-op. Cool. And you're essentially like you, you're controlling a character. Your uh, co-op partner is controlling a character, and you guys are making choices separately, and that affects how the story plays out. Yeah. So it's a fun experience. Those are your details of of the Dark Pictures anthology. Little hope. I like it. Number six on the Roper Roper report. Annapurna reveals a new game. This is from their Twitter. They tweet, and Kevin, I, there's a trailer for this. That I do want you to pull up also. They tweet, introducing Maquette. 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 From Graceful DK, Maquette is a first-person recursive puzzle game that takes you into into a world where every building, plant, and object are simultaneously tiny and staggeringly staggeringly huge. Coming soon to PC, and I was I was debating whether or not to in- include this in the Roper Report, 
um, because like a lot of games get announced all the time. But four hours ago, this is new. Let's check yeah, it out. Yeah, so this is new. The thing about this one is I included it because one is Annapurna, and Annapurna puts out Bangrock. I like what Annapurna is doing in so, the game yeah. space. Huh. And then also I watched the trailer, and it's great. All right, let's check it out. Here's this guy. Okay. You're just staring at your Can sketchbook. God, is this some kind of castle thing? I don't know. I haven't drawn in a long time. I used to draw all the time. Me too. I'm Kenzie. I'm Michael. You should start a drawing club. So that's first person. Yeah. Of course. yeah. They're, uh, Why are you talking to me anyway? Picking up things, right? It's okay. like this uh, toy set looking thing. Uh huh. My coffee and I'm. Flirting. They're looking around with it. They drop it, right? They drop a big cube into the toy set. They look to the side. The cube's huge. Oh. So they are. The game takes okay. place in that toy set that you are interacting are you with. And so you're like affecting. So you're playing with like perspective and. Yes. Okay. Right. Annapurna, great. They do great work. Like all their games that they put out, you know, like. Everyone I've played, I thought like there was really another game with. that I saw on PlayStation recently that had a similar gimmick. Uh, you're thinking of no, I know exactly the game you're thinking of. Super something. It's like super, super, we, super liminal. Yes. Yes. I played similar that game at gimmick. PAX. Yeah, similar gimmick. Uh, and I really liked what I played of that game at PAX. I like it. Yeah, looks cool. But uh, Gary Maquette, as we know. Or as we as we might understand it to be, it's so far away. <laughs> if I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. And hey, I'm not here on a Wednesday. It actually looks like it's a good release day. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, I don't know about quality, but quantity. Yeah, get into it before we get into out today. You're brought to you by some sponsors. I got to read that because we're late in the show. Uh, we're brought to you by the besties. Hey, listeners, we know you love all things video games. So we want to tell you about, about a Spotify original podcast called The Besties. Every Friday, the creators of The Adventure Zone, Justin Griffin McElroy, are joined by their two best friends and hardened video game reporters, Russ Freshtick and Chris Plant, to go deep on a single new video game. If you've been a fan of Polygon, you'll know these guys. They co-founded it. Plus, the besties cover all the major moments in video games in 2020, from new console launches to Cyberpunk 2077 and beyond, and probably coronavirus. And at the end of the at the end of the year, they do a complete showdown, pitting all the top games of the year against one another to get the top game of the year. It's pretty epic. But the besties can't do it without their fans, who write in each week with all sorts of goofy suggestions. It's like a book club for video games. I love Griffin McElroy. I love Justin McElroy. I think they make great podcasts, and so the besties. I'm going to say it is one that you should definitely check out. You can find The Besties on Spotify, which also has your favorite podcasts, including this one, and music all for free. Listen to The Besties free only on Spotify. Next, we're brought to you by The Gaming Ride Home Podcast. I want to tell you about a great new podcast, The Gaming Ride Home Podcast. It's a video game it's, a, it's video game news, all the headlines, rumors, reviews, hardware leaks, release date confirmations, and more, all delivered to you every day at 5 p.m., perfect for your commute home. The show is hosted by former Game Informer and, and IGN writer Kyle Hilliard, and it's only 15 to 20 minutes long. It's like too long didn't read as a service. Kyle is online all day, reading all the tweets, reading all the rumor blogs, consolidating all the chatter around the world, the, the entire world of gaming, so that he can catch you up on everything that happened while you were living your busy life. This is the latest show from the Ride Home Podcast Network, the daily news podcast folks, celebrating two years and, two, and 25 million downloads. Search your podcast app right now and subscribe to Gaming Ride Home. Out today. 
We got Soul, Ax- Soul Axiom on Switch, Overpass on PC, Heaven Dust on Switch and PC, Underhero on Switch, which I played for a PS I Love You XOXO a few weeks ago, but it got delayed on Switch, so now it's out today. He- it was cool. It was all right. Hero Must Die, again, on Switch, Mousecraft on Switch, Voxelgram on Switch, Kingdom Rush Frontiers on Switch, Animated Jigsaw Collection on Switch, Dual Brain Volume 3 Shapes on Switch, Wanderlust Travel Stories on Switch, Boulder Dash 30th Anniversary on Switch, Served on Switch, Diadra Empty on PS4, MX Nitro Ultimate Edition on PS4, which I almost played for PS I Love You, uh, but I decided against it, sadly. Dominance on PC, Beach Buggy Racing 2 on PC, Devastated on PC, Warmth on PC, Ironheart on PC and Mac, Barbarous Tavern of Emir PC and Mac, Snailians PC, Iris and the Giant PC and Mac, Battle and Battle Sloths for Switch with Kevin, which Kevin, I, sl- I sent a trailer in the KFGD Slack channel. I want to watch the trailer for that. Uh, and then the Wreckfest February update is now out on all platforms. New days for you. We have Those Who Remain has a May 15th, 2020 release date for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam versions of their Supernatural Adventure Thriller. Nintendo Switch Edition is also in development and will be coming summer 2020. Kevin, you brought up Battle Sloths, correct? Yep. Cool. Go ahead and let it play. Gary, this thing is awesome. What am I looking at here? I found this, this trailer on Twitter for a game that's out today, right? Battle Sloths. Look at this. So it's like a live action thing. Uh-huh. A sloth arm is reaching outside the TV. Right. It's inviting the mom that's in the room or the lady that's in the room to come in. And it's like it's just like a random 2D game. But I love the energy of the trailer so much. I'm a little bit burned out on the whole 80s uh, retro thing, but this, I guess this is cool. It's okay. It's okay. Just say you don't like it. Listen. I've I mean, I feel like I've seen that fake VHS effect like a million times now. Mm. I get it. Look, I'm really sorry Blessing didn't bring something no, cool to the table, okay? I'm really sorry. <laughs> Listen, you can be real with me. He had all these issues with the printer. I'm sorry. He's trying his hardest. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write it at patreon.com slash games to get your questions read right on the show. Just like Fatality89, who writes in and says, Hello, KOTD crew. With live streaming and content creation becoming more and more popular, how do you suspect that Xbox and PlayStation will expand on the, sh- the share features built into each console? Which features would you like to see? Custom overlays, alerts, etc. Cheers, Fatality89. Wait, did you, did you read the releases? Yeah, yeah I did. You were on your phone. I must have been totally tuned out. Yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. I wanted to say something, but... You seem so... You're very into whatever you're doing. Yeah. I, lo- I looked at the list. There's nothing here that I'm excited. You know... Battle- There's some puzzle games on there <laughs> that looked fun. Yeah, no, no, nothing's jumping fine, out Gary, at me. No one's upset at you. It's okay. We're here for you. Yeah, nothing nothing there for me. Uh, but yeah, share features in game. First of all, how do you feel about the share button on the PS4? I never, never touch it. Really? I, I ac- sometimes accidentally, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I hate it. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I don't love it. Do you, want to, do you have any requests for next gen as far as like share features go? Not really. I'm not. I'm not big on that. You know, sometimes it's nice to be able to capture a screenshot or something, and I, I like that you can. It's not. Yeah. Once you hook up your Twitter account or whatever, you can just yeah. instantly share something. It's great. I, I. I never use it. I mean, I mm. understand there's a lot of people out there for whom, you know, there's a whole generation now that's grown up. Like, if you don't share it on social media, it never really happened. Uh-huh. So I understand how that's like part of the DNA of like the younger generation. For me, I don't give a shit. I've never been into the share button specifically on the PS4. Like. I think it's a cool idea. It's like a, at the time, I think it was like a forward-looking idea. Very forward-looking. Yeah. But I, now, now that we're here, I feel like we're at like peak shareability right now I in feel terms like of I, internet. I see Greg do you, use it all the time, and like it works for him. Yeah. You but do, you feel, like, do, you, do you feel like that share button and that share feature 
now that we're coming to the end of the generation, ended up getting used less than Sony probably thought it would. 100%. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think so. I feel like... Because, like, how many times have you done something cool in, like, a game and been like, ah. Oh, I, I you're going to put a, a dedicated oh, button, a dedicated physical button on the controller that says share. That's my You're thing, imagining though. that's going to be a big part of the experience. And it, I don't think it is for a lot of people. I've, I've shared stuff a lot, but not enough that it justifies a whole button on a controller controller sure, for it. Sure. Like, you can... You can Assign that functionality to like the the PlayStation button or like the cent- the center button somehow, right? Like double tap the center button. Okay, that's the share button. Right, right. Like I feel like that would go a long way instead of creating a whole button just to share. Do you think it will be on the PS5 controller? Yes, I think it will. I think so too. I think they. I, I think the PS5 controller will probably just be the PS4 controller again with probably like minor adjustments. To make I mean, it easier when to they hold. nailed it, they nailed it. You know, why yeah. change something that's good? But like. I feel like the best controller out there is the Xbox controller. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't waste space. It doesn't waste time. It's easy to hold. Again, it feels I, perfect uh, in your hands. I, I always hesitate to say best. It's it's my it's my favorite. It's my preference. Some yeah. people like there are plenty of people out there that love the DualShock much more. You know, it I depends pref- on the shape of your I hand. The, and just, I prefer the sticks. The some people like offset sticks. Some people don't. It's you yeah. know. I like again, the sticks one of, on the DualShock for one sure. One of the reasons why I prefer the Xbox is I prefer personally the Xbox controller. Um, Lots of people prefer the the DualShock. I do agree that both the Xbox One controller and the place the DualShock controller have now reached a point where they are pretty perfect. Yeah, and it's just now it's just down to like each 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 iteration is just a tiny tweak here and there. Yeah, as far as share features in general, right? Just out, outside the button, I think more customability as far as people who who like to stream directly from their Xbox or directly from their console to Twitch or to Mixer or whatever it is, right? Like, I think being able to customize your overlay more, being able to have more features, bust, like, um, uh, you know, making that more robust can go a long way now that everybody... I feel like everybody would like to be a Twitch streamer, right? And whenever you go to somebody's profile and it is, like, that PS4 default stream thing, right. it's like, okay, well, they're not a real streamer. Like, you kind of have that reaction. But I feel like, you know, allowing people to customize more and... and you know, have more originality to how they present themselves on PS5, let's say, right? In that overlay can go a long way to allowing people to have accessibility to streaming, but also not feel like they're being judged because they're, they have like the default PS4 layout. That um, back button uh, attachment that Sony just released for yeah. the DualShock 4, do you think there's a chance that that could just be baked into the DualShock 5? Yes. Okay. I think, oh, I, I think them releasing that, now, like the back button attachment tells me that there are going to be certain functionalities on the PS5 that that is accounting for. And whether or not that is like back buttons, like a, a similar kind of back button or just like some sort of, I don't know, man, button on the side of it, probably not. But like some, some sort of other buttons that that thing is accounting for, I think that, yes, there will be some kind of extra functionality on the PS5 that'll like that that um, back button kind of points to. Whether or not it is a back button, I don't know, though. I feel like, since we're talking about things on the DualShock 4 that were underused, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like the touchpad ended up being not that big a deal either. Didn't it just turn into, like, another big button that you can press? Yeah. Like, drawing on it and make... That never really became yeah. a thing, did that's it? A, that's, the, uh, that's the conversation that me and Greg had on PS I Love You because we were talking about how... Um, we were talking about functionality because last week, or was it earlier this week, recently... PlayStation had a patent that was controllers that could detect oh, the, if you're the biofeedback thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like that thing's not going to make it to to, uh, no. to actual production no. because like if that got used, it would be used for maybe one or two games at most, right. Right? right? Like that doesn't have wide functionality in a way that the touchpad. 
I feel like at the end of the day isn't the biggest success because really only first party games and a few third party games used it. Like not enough games right. actually used the touchpad. It got used a lot it. in the, when the PlayStation 4 first came out because Sony was saying like, use it, use yeah. it. We want, we want people to see you can use it. Yeah. But like when I play games, when I play games that, that have it now, it's usually just a big, big rectangular button that brings up the map or something. Yeah. Like it's not, and it's and not mean, special. The reason for that is if you're a third party developer, right? Say you're Ubisoft, you're making Assassin's Creed yeah. and you want to, the Xbox, doesn't have, it. The Xbox right. doesn't have it. So right. why would you add functionality for the PS4 that is going to just make more work for you when you can just when when all the same buttons are there, you can just forget that the touchpad swiping stuff really exists, right? And like people don't necessarily like I feel like the touchpad as far as uh, how it works doesn't feel super accurate when it does come into play. Like I feel like there's a delay there when you do start swiping things that makes it kind of frustrating. I think the the best functionality I've seen for it has been games like The Witcher, where it is you swipe up and that brings up your map, or you swipe down and that brings up like I don't like your upgrade menu, or like they're like quick, uh, uh, quick buttons to use, right? I think that's the smartest functionality for that stuff, and I'd like to see more developers use. But I think that. Sony originally had like higher aspirations for it than en- than ended yeah. up being reality. Yeah, and so like, I can see maybe PS Five has either an improved version of it that feels more snappy, that gives people more justification to use it, or. I don't think they can get rid of it. It's the sucky thing because of the backwards compatibility. Like, I feel like right. people will want to play PS4 games, like every PS4 game on PS5, and so you can't just get rid of it. And so that, that presents the issue that it's going to have to stay, I guess. Yeah. That's the bummer about it. Yeah. Alexis writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, with all the talk of smart delivery and the likelihood of only one copy of a game being sold, with the system determining what version to load, do you expect all versions to be, the di- be, to be on the disc itself, comparing these to just downloading the Xbox One X patch? What happens to players who don't have their system connected to the internet? Are we unknowingly returning to the Microsoft's original always online Xbox? Gary, you're the Xbox expert. Xbox enthusiast. Xbox enthusiast. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't know the answer. Whether I mean, I think haven't they? I think Microsoft has has intimated that you'll be able. To, there'll just be one box that says like Xbox or whatever, Xbox One, Xbox One X, Series X, and you pick it yeah. up and whatever version of whichever console you put that one disc into, that's the version that you get. Now, whether or not that means every version is on the disc or it will. You'll have to download some kind of patch or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think that the question of like what happens to players who don't have their systems connected to the internet is becoming less and less relevant because most people do at this point. Like, yeah. it's hard for me to imagine you having an Xbox One or a PlayStation Four that isn't in any way connected to the internet and being able to do much of anything already. Like that's been the reality for a long time. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people um, don't have. You know, I'm very lucky. I have great internet, but many people don't. And you know, just day one patches and things like that you know 50 60 gigabyte patches those are a huge issue for people with slower internet connections with data caps things like that if you're i mean i'm very lucky i don't have a data cap but many many people do because mm. internet providers are fucking evil and if you've got like a terabyte data cap or whatever and you know you're, you're doing a lot of streaming stuff like that if i'm looking at I would hate to have to be, as many people do, like, oh, 60, oh, fuck, I've got to do the math. Like, do I, I, I how much is that in my data cap? Is like, what, what's going on? It would be really, really annoying for me. Um, but look, you know, 5G, things, it, it's going to get better. We, we already live in an already connected world. Um, again, I feel like the, what happens to players who don't have, to have their systems connected to the internet, like, that's, that's, that's a problem that, that we've had yeah. for, a long, for a long time now. I don't think this is going to necessarily make it any worse. Yeah, it's... Stuff like that, like this, that makes me believe that the 
the idea, the the ways in which Microsoft are going to have to communicate this is going to be complicated because I'm not sold on the idea that there's going to be one disc for Cyberpunk, right? I think there is going to be an Xbox One disc and an Xbox Series X disc. Okay. With the idea that like because if there's only one disc, right, you're gonna have to make the disc. Hmm. But here's the thing: you have a disc for the regular. Version, well, the thing is, they get they downloads the other stuff as a patch. Yeah, go, do they going, want to do yeah. that? Though, going is the question. down the road, yeah. why not? Who knows? But like for right now, for like Cyberpunk, for example, which is the big game everyone's talking about for smart delivery at the moment, because CD Projekt Red made that announcement, they're going to have to be separate because yeah, because because those releases are months apart. They're months apart, but also like there are separate versions of the game, right? Like. The the Xbox Series X version of Cyberpunk is going to be an enhanced version. And now I guess the question is, like, do they just go... And I guess they, technically they could do one disc and make that a key, and then that then allows you to just download whatever digital version of Cyberpunk or download a patch that then adds all the enhanced enhancements I mean, to you Cyberpunk. have to download a patch for almost everything yeah. day one yeah. anyway. What difference does it make? This would be such a big, packs, or big, big, patch, big patch to download. Is the, is the well, thing we that makes know it. that. Well, yeah, who, know, who knows yeah, how big it will be? I mean, it, like, also, like... There are huge patches all the time. We already, yeah, Kevin's yeah, right. We we we, that, we already live in a world of 50, 60 gigabyte I mean, day we one hate patches. That so much. Do we hate it? I'm yeah, fine dude. With it, when but I got great Call of Duty automatically. Yeah, I got downloaded. I got gig up, gig down. I don't give Whoa, a shit. Oh, you Sonicking? Fucking right. All right. But like, I live in a house He's that has. I'm like, all right, Jack. Pull the ladder up. I feel like most people live in, li- live in a. <laughs> I don't care. Most people in this country I'm live good. in a situation where there are data caps, right? And like. You know, I'd Call of Duty randomly put out a patch recently that had, like, I think it was, like, 61 gigs or, like, maybe up to 80 gigs worth of patch content. And it just automatically downloaded. And I'm like, Look, dude, I've that's... i said it before. I'll say it again. It, at one point, we had to pay per text that we sent out. Yeah. Yeah, remember and, that? And I used, I think, I used, I I used we'll to have better, to pay... we not there yet. Back in the days of um, the first bulletin boards, uh, and I had, like, a fucking 14.4 uh, modem, I was I was paying by the minute that I was connected on the that's phone wild. line. It was that's fucking wild. outrageous. Yeah, uh, I, like the more these things become a necessity, the more the the market has to react to them. Yeah, but is video are video games going to make it a necessity? Is the thing like because I feel like video games wide use of internet is going to make it a necessity. Like the the fact that you're everyone's streaming like 4K now. Cloud gaming, yeah. but like Cloud all gaming. of this stuff is gonna all is gonna force the is issue. Pushing limits. There's gonna video be game some specifically ugly time. is like the big is like the big stressor of this stuff though, right? And like is video games enough? But I mean, to you say chop- that, but you don't think about how much bandwidth you're using when you're streaming a 4K yeah. video. But it's not as much as, much as I'm using when I'm streaming a 4K You do if you have a data game. cap. If I'm but streaming- I mean, if you that's you downloading it. So like that's one thing that happens. Mm-hmm. If you're doing if you're marathoning a show that's in 4K, which so many shows are now, that's like 12 megabits a second for a consistent Eight hours. You think about that? Yeah, but still, like, I feel like that? video games are still a bigger stressor, though. You know, when it comes to streaming games, when it comes to downloading, I don't know. Like, I feel like you ass. watch a lot of TV. You know what I mean? I watch a lot of TV, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna check my data. Or back when, back when I had a, back when I had a, I'm curious now. I had a one terabyte a month data cap back when I was with Comcast. Yeah, I want to look at it, Kevin, because you have access to my data cap. I do. I want to see what the usage is. You got to get on that Sonic man. No data caps. Because I'm gonna you is video games taking up most of whatever that that usage is. To continue, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you can write in and tell us the things that we've got wrong uh, as we've done the show live. Of course, you can access that kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. I am scrolling through, and apparently we got a whole bunch of stuff wrong because there's a lot of ah, a lot of writing. Surely not. Uh, you know these people got opinions. That's what it is. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, all right, that's an opinion. That's from Marvin. 
that's not a year wrong. That's not a year wrong. Come on, guys. You're making this difficult. I say punish them. Uh, Just end the show. Oh, here we go. Boardson00 writes in and says, the PlayStation 5 also has this audio ray tracing as stated in the first Wired article. That's a year wrong because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. How do uh, we know that? Because Sony have said so little about what... They stated it on their article. Did they? Okay. People are saying that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out this fall, not this spring. I don't remember making that mistake, but yeah, it comes out. Oh, because they pushed the it. Right, right, Yeah, right. they pushed it. Uh, you know, the Eero isn't giving me too much information. People have, people have been saying that audio ray tracing has been around for it's a while. It's a good thing they pushed I, it because, you know, Animal Crossing and everything. Like, oh, I would yeah, hate Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk to, to fall, fall victim to yeah. that. People are saying that, that audio ray tracing has been around for a while. I'm not saying it's not been around for a while. I'm saying this is the first I've heard of it. Uh, the Xbox One that is connected to my sister's Wi-Fi is number five on. The, okay, that's the my Xbox One. Of, uh, stuff Band- that it uses. Yeah, usage. Yeah. What's number? What, what are like the top? I don't know. Like, is there anything that's related to me? I don't think. I mean, I, I don't. Because how's the Xbox What's One? A, uh, there's there's something that I can't figure out what it is. Maybe it's just. It right might now. be my PS4. Because my PS4 definitely has. No, to it's take got more a bandwidth. weird name though. Okay. You got a weird laptop. Maybe. Galaxy Note Five is number two, which that's could not be me. my sister's or. Number two? Okay, maybe you're right, Kevin. See what I'm talking about, man? What, what, what are they doing on their phone that takes up that much bandwidth? Watching shit, man. On their phone? That's what it looks like. Uh, okay, breaking news, Microsoft. Okay, so a lot of people are talking about Microsoft. Uh, 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 uh. Not in my mouth, writes in and says, Hyper Jumper is out today on Switch. <laughs> Not in my mouth! Wow. Jesus Christ. So many games. Is out. Okay, people, stop joking around with kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Okay, well, that, it, wait, actually, no, so many games is... No, punish them, punish them! No, okay, I guess this is a, this is a real one. So right, many what games got, what is coming to Switch today. Happened. It's a game called So Many Games, which I read that originally and thought somebody was trying to punk me, but I guess... Can't be punked. There's a game called So Many Games? I'm going to look this up because I don't. I want to make sure I'm not being punked. Nah, they'd never punk you. Kids. They definitely would punk me. They're good kids out there. This is what happens, Kevin, because we're so because we we're not wrong, we're right all yeah. the time. Yeah, so they have people to make they they up. just get front. They want to they want to yeah. troll us instead because they can't catch us out. God, I hate them. Okay, well I can't find it, so I think I think somebody's punking me. I think somebody made multiple profiles to write that in. You want to block them? Uh, yes, block them. Okay, block them. Fucking a, drop that ban hammer. Tomorrow's hosts, Greg and me. Greg hosting me in the passenger seat is gonna be a fun old time. Uh, of course, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the, through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>